Hello and welcome to another episode of the Menswear Style Podcast with me, your host, Pete Brooker. And on today's episode, it's going to be fighting talk. We're going to be talking to five times heavyweight world champion Evander Holyfield. I'm more prepared for him than anybody ever fought in my whole life because he was that good. That interview coming up shortly. So what do you think to Evander Holyfield then, Mickey? This guy is a wrecking machine and he's hungry. Okay, so he's hungry, but I've interviewed celebrities in the past, Mickey. I should be... That was easy. Why? Why easy? They was handpicked. Okay, so they're handpicked. But yes, these are still high-caliber guests, so Mickey. There's the likes of Darren Kennedy, Joshua Kane. We've had Oliver Proudlock on the show. But they wasn't killers like this guy. He'll knock you in tomorrow. Okay, maybe. We'll come back to that. We're also going to be interviewing Luke Barnett, former UFC fighter and MMA fighter. And he's going to tell me how he's going to beat me up. I'm a, like I said, I'm a giant, so if you stay away from me, I've got long arms, long legs, long limbs, I can knee you, punch you, whatever. Luke Burnett there. So what do you think my chances are with Luke then, Mickey? This guy will kill you to death inside of three rounds. You're probably right. Okay, so without any further ado, let's get Evander on the line. Apollo, would you mind? All right. Ding, ding. Welcome on to the podcast, Evander Holyfield. Thank you for taking the time out to speak to me, Evander. Um, so if you can just tell us a little bit about what your philosophy towards training is these days. Uh, do you still enjoy it and did you ever enjoy it? Well, uh, I always enjoy uh, training. Training with something like a hobby. You know, somehow sweating and running and being active was something that that thrilled me and uh and and i was good at it you know and so uh it was quite different you know it was like a hobby you know working out sweat and competing like that because me being the youngest of nine as a kid and you know my brothers and sisters used to beat me in everything (laughs) and and i i kept asking my mom you know they never let me win and my mom told me they don't supposed to. She said I would have my day, and uh, she was right. You know, I, when I got older, I, man, I was really good, yeah. and, and and it's it thrilled me to to uh, being able to compete and and being the best. Yeah, I guess it pushed you. I, I can actually relate to that. My um, I've got two older brothers, and. One of them just loved to pin me down on the floor, uh, kind of crawl up me with his knees and fart on my face. And <laughs> I would just say there will be a day where the tables will be turned. And uh, I enjoy that day every day, pretty much, beating up my brother. So, <laughs> so uh, were there any methods of exercise that you, you didn't like doing, like running or the weights? Was there anything that you just kind of thought, oh, crikey, I can't be asked for this bit? Well, uh, you know... Uh... I, I would say the weakest was my flexibility. You know, I, I wasn't good at stretching, and uh, and and you know, you know, when I turned professional and I finally got a stretching coach, it was just it was the worst of everything. It was torment. You know, know that I I rather I rather get hit than have to stretch. Mm. And you know, but you know, but understanding that stretching was good for you it is what allow you not to get tired to recover quick 
all that. So, you know, it's, and I guess the knowledge eventually come to mind that, well, the thing that I, I hate the most is the thing that I, I did more, most of the time, you know, so stretching and, and stretching and actually, uh, uh, sparring. Those was the two, the two worst thing for me that, that, that made me strong. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about starring, please, um, Evander, because I've sparred a little bit in the gym as well. And I'm always wary about getting hit in the cash register, you know, the face. I'm just kind of, I almost want to say to the other guy, look, can we just punch in the chest and not the face today? <laughs> but I don't want <laughs> to come across as a, a bit of a, a pussy, for want of a better word. Um, well, yeah, I'm pretty much that mean to, uh, like, I, I really didn't like sparring at all. And, you know, it's, it, you know, I, you know, because I always thought about, you know, everybody have their day. And, and, and it's obvious that I was having a lot of great days and, and I was just wondering where, how the bad day going to be. But, you know, I, but I, I'm always, I'm always winning. I'm always winning and sparring now. It's the guy, I, I spar pretty much just like I'm fighting, you know, because, you know, my coach told me that, you know, People who practice hard, you know, they're accustomed to fighting hard. So, you know, you have to you you have to practice like you have to practice like you perform. Hmm. And and pretty much when I spar, it was like it was like me fighting. My heart my heart would beat fast, and 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 I didn't like headgears, but I had to, and it it made my heart beat even faster. Yeah. So I'm guessing you don't have to really spar anymore i mean i've heard in other interviews you you say you're in good walking around shape but you don't feel like you're in good boxing shape so anything that you didn't like doing in the past i guess you don't get up in the morning and do first thing these days well well you know the thing the thing is that you know i i do believe in standing shape you know i you know i I have this thing in my mind i want to live to 120 but i want to look good you know so you're looking good have like to do with how you think. And, you know, my thinking is that, you know, why stop doing something that works? So, you know, you know, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not planning on fighting anybody. So, um, but I want to be in shape. I want to feel good about myself and the way I carry myself, you know, so it's, it's a, it's a, it's a thinking methods more so than just an ego thing. You know, so because ego, when when you you pretend to be something that you really not, it's it's not an ego with me. I I like being in shape. I I like running. I I like sweating. I I'm willing to pay whatever price is necessary and being the very best. Yeah, um, I, about um positive attitude and mental toughness and and how you have. I mean, to be a boxer, you have to have just grit and self-belief but how much does that play a part in the training to achieve your goals well i'm it's a, it's a it's a daily thing you know i you know when when you know when you you know as a kid when i i get on the bus to go practice you know it when i get on the bus i i start thinking about all the things that i have to do and sometimes i fall asleep on the bus and i'm i'm thinking about whew, you know this, you know, because I had, I had, you know, I'm telling you, at 16 years old, I was sparring with heavyweights. I was a 
139 pounds, but I'm 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 sparring heavyweight. I'm somebody who hits hard, and you know, but I'm a better boxer, and and so my experience, I had more experience than them, but they hit a lot harder. Mm. So you know, it I may I may. I may win, but they can hit me one shot and they make me pay for everything that I did. <laughs> well, I, I think that is, for me, perhaps the beauty of heavyweight boxing is that they call it, um, like, everyone's got a puncher's chance. Everyone's got, they may not be the best fighter in the world. They may be losing 11 rounds out of 12, but they've still got a haymaker in them that can just end a fight right there. Um, and I think that that's, for me, is what you know, makes well, yeah. boxing amazing to watch. Well, yeah, it, it does because there's there's some kind of hope in there. You you got some kind of vantage in, but but the thing with me, I was I was always prepared, and so the, the I guess the funner part of, about me was pretty much what my mama said: "Son, always be in shape, always outwork your opponent." And so I I always felt that I had enough. I was in shape enough to outwork my opponent which always put me in a position to win. Yeah. Uh, about your opponents as well, I mean, if I can just touch on your boxing career quickly. Um, I remember watching the fight around about 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning UK time of you jumping in the ring for the first time against Tyson. You jumped in the ring and almost danced in the ring with the biggest smile on your face. And the, the commentator over here said, he just looks so happy to be here. <laughs> does, he, you know, does he know that he's about to have a fight? I mean, is that on purpose? Is that some kind of mind mind? Well, it, it was it was it was on purpose, and the fact of the fact of the matter is that you know people fight Tyson, and you know he was he would get into him, and I kind of felt that this is supposed to be my easiest fight, so I got I got to carry out that way, you know you you know Tyson Tyson was the only fighter I would just. I'm more prepared for him than anybody ever fought in my whole life because he was that good. Mm. And not because he was that weak, because he was that good. And what my mother had told me, my mother said, you can't wish good people away because they don't go away. Son, you have to, you just got to prepare yourself and know that this is going to be the fight that you, that going, you know, you know, Tyson fight is the fight that after all, you know, I had been the heavyweight champion of the world twice before I fought Tyson, but beating Tyson kind of was was it. It's almost like I could have retired after that and said, wait, look, I did ultimately what yeah, I guess I forced boxing that I was meant to do, to mm. fight Mike Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> because people talked about it so much to it it became that it became that a reality to me that people if i don't beat mike tyson then you know i i'm never gonna amount to nothing but i was a boxer just like all the all the other people but because i i was able to beat mike tyson it's kind of it kind of lined me up and 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 me being the ultimate fighter that people said that i am yeah yeah i guess it's the it's the tip of the spear really when you um when you beat Tyson, and it was a great fight. Uh, I just got a couple of other questions, uh, please, Evander, if you've got time. Um, you said that uh, Lewis was perhaps your toughest opponent, although you beat Tyson, Lewis was one of the hardest opponents. Was that because 
was he deceptively heavy-handed or maybe a height thing? Um, why do you think that was? Well, well you know, with me, he, uh, Lennox is, he's a smart fighter. Smart fighter. He really don't give you nothing to fight with. And, you know, with Tyson, Tyson, Tyson was quite different. Tyson was uh, very explosive and, and, you know, I'm coming to get you type guy. Yeah. So, you know, it it's easy to, it was easy for me to figure him out. He going to come and get me and I just, and I can outwork it. With, with, with Lennox, Lennox would like, he, he fought a great fight for his style. You know, he was, he was taller, he was bigger, and got longer arms, and mm. and and he would he never he would never get to the point and just fight. I if I get I felt that if I get him into a fight, I could beat it. Yeah, but you know, just just picking and you know, yeah, it was kind of it was like uh, you know, when anybody who ever watched my fights and said, well, man. Evander like fighting fast. He don't like fighting slow. Yeah. You 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 slow it get boring. You know, it was hard for me to focus if if things slow down too. And it was like it was like it was like, you know, like that first fight was just, you know, please do something. You know, <laughs> and you know and you know, the people start booing and stuff like this. I, I was a I was an entertainer. In, yeah. other, in other words, when you when you're an entertainer, you you care about you care about your your, your fans, you know. So I always wanted to give my fans something that they they that they can go back and brag about. Say, oh my goodness, can't do that. Oh no, you know <laughs> that's what fan like. They fan want you to do something they wouldn't do. Yeah. So and, and you know and Lennox Lennox he was. He was he was safe. He 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 fought his fight just very safe, very conservative. Hmm. You know, with me, I want to, I you know, even in you know, I guess one of the one of the toughest fights that I fought with Red the Boat, the first one. I'm talking in the point of losing people was was so thrilled with me. They said, "God, how did you take all of that?" Did, <laughs> you know, I'm talking about. That's what the fan want to do. They want to see you to do something that they wouldn't dare do. Yeah. And so you know, I'm you know the chances that you take in being who you are. You know, I'm so so when people see me and they say, "Oh man, he's a warrior," because they 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 witnessed it. They saw me. They they saw me go through the battles that I went through and came out. Say, I'm okay. I'm okay because I, I honestly I I realized that. I trained for all my matches. Uh, you know, I didn't take nobody for granted. You know, I, you know, I'm telling you, even as, even as Redable, even as you know, the people who my my toughest opponent are the people that you know that kind of made my. You know, I'm telling you, I'm a type of person that look beatable because people say, oh, he he, he he's small, mm-hmm. he's nice. Man, ain't no way in the world he can beat them guys. But you know, I'm saying that's you know what? That's the whole big the part of being the very best means that even with yourself, you have to t- you have to talk yourself into making yourself believe that you can beat this guy. Well, I didn't have people I could just look at. I'm just gonna beat. 
I had to talk myself into it. I had to tell myself, hey, it ain't what I see. I got to beat these guys. Yeah. And you know, and, and, and it made it made it made it just that much uh, interesting for me to 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 look at something and say, well, well, he may be this, this is this, but I cannot thank that guy. I cannot thank that guy. Of course, you know, life is about thinking. How you, is your mindset to what it's going to take to get you there. I'm telling you, it was interesting. Yeah, I mean, about the mindset as well. I remember with the Lewis fight, you said something before the fight, um, about the round that you were going to win it in. Uh, was it the third or the fourth? You said, predictions are for Weatherman. I know that I'm going to drop him in the third. And I thought, oh, that is electric. Because as soon as it got to that round, everyone was on their balls of their feet. Everyone was expecting it. And I think it got in Lewis's mind as well because you won that round and not only won the round, but was so close to actually putting him down on that round, I think. What, what well, round was the, that? Well, the third round. Fair, the third third. round. And, you know, it, and it was the worst mistake I ever made. You know, and I, and I, and I said what I said for the wrong reason, because uh, you know a lot of people didn't understand that after the after the Tyson fight, I got so much publicity by saying that you know I was gonna I, I was gonna beat him. I guarantee that I'm gonna beat him and all this, and and but when it came into that the, the, the fight with Lennox. We was on the phone and 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 we got into we got into he said something to me that that really upset me, which I I didn't I kind of felt that that would that's a you know that's a low blow that's just like somebody just you know, a cheap shot and so you know so Lennon start Lennon said something like you know he started talking about my religion so I said you know he talking about he a Christian he have all these kids. Out of wedlock, I'm talking about it. Would, you know, and you know, and that bothered me because you know, you know, we as boxers, we don't usually, you know, we don't we don't really hit people with personal shots like that. Mm. And so that's the first time somebody ever did that. But he did, and it it bothered me, which 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 allowed me to say I would knock him out, you know, and which was which was silly, you know, because my whole thing I'm. I don't just just come out and just say I'm gonna knock you. I'm gonna knock you out there, and I said that because I was upset and I was mad because what he said about it. He was, he was, you know attacking me personally about uh, uh, about my religion, and uh, but I wanted to say something to him that 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 would mean to, but. But but we're part of the game, you know. To to knock people out, that's what people trying to do. We we try to knock each other out, make life, make things a little easier for ourselves. But and but you know, but I know it was strange for people to hear me to say that I'm gonna knock somebody out and and like this and and I said it and but but the media would not let me forget that I said I mm. I just try to try try you know try to. Because you know, because it's just it's very sad and kind of foolish for you to say I'm gonna knock somebody out in the third round and not think that that person gonna do everything they can not to get knocked out that third round. But if he, <laughs> but if he survived that, it gonna hurt me, yeah. and it did. Because after that third round, I'm talking about all my energy was gone, and it was just like you know I was embarrassed by even saying something like this. But 
I made it through the fight and they were called a draw. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was like, you know, and I felt that I got, and I felt, me personally, I felt that I got towed up. And how I got a draw, I don't know. But I did. But I, I, I don't judge. I, I don't score the fights and all that. I'm not the judge. But whatever, I, I, which I, I actually thought that was my worst fight ever in my whole entire life. I felt bad. I was sick. I was everything. Everything happened in that fight. And but it, it, I learned from it that you know what, you zip that mouth up. You just zip it up because that ain't what I do. I ain't never bragged about. I'm going to knock somebody out and all this and stuff. And I did that. And, and, and that's it. I actually felt that that's the worst fight in my whole life. I said, well, it, did, it didn't look like your worst fight, Amanda. I got to say, I think you, you traded blows pretty well with the guy. I mean, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't that far off a draw. I did think that Lewis edged it personally. But like I say, that, that fight went the distance enough. For me, it was really memorable. We're talking about when I was a kid now, watching that, hanging around till three or four o'clock in the morning so that we could watch it in the house. And it was, uh, it was about, like you say, you want to be an entertainer. And that round stuck out to me as probably one of the best rounds well, I've well, ever seen. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. That, that's only, I felt that's the only round that I, I did anything. I don't know <laughs> what. <laughs> I said, I'm like, I was, you know, I said, that was, a really embarrassing fight for me. I just couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't say nothing. I, and I was sick. I could. I couldn't believe that I was instantly after I, after I ate and I was going down to the ring. I, I I was sick and I'm like sweating and everybody asking me what. I'm like, man. I said, I What in the world wrong with me? I'm I'm sick and and I don't. You know, I, you know, I don't. You know, because I realized that I, it's, it's, I've never been in a fight that I didn't feel. All my fights, I feel bad. All my fights, not just 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 this fight. All my fights, I feel bad. Then when the when the bell when the bell ring, and I go out there, the fight change. Mm. But this time, I felt sick, and I felt sick, and. Each and every round, I'm wondering when it gonna change, yeah. and it changed. Just the third round. <laughs> After the third round, it didn't change no more. Mate, Mate. You're on the money. You're on the money, um, Evander. Uh, I should say, I was going to ask you about your your boxing name, the real deal, and where it came from. I've uh, when I was doing some sparring, light sparring, I never competed, but I I gave myself a name, hoping that it would catch on. So uh, I would walk into the boxing gym. My surname's Brooker, so I was calling myself Peter the Pressure Cooker Brooker to try and <laughs> intimidate my opponents, which didn't work at all. But uh, what about your name, The Real Deal? Where's it come from, and uh, when did it start? Well, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it, I'm from, it started when I, I worked at a, a small airport, you know, gas and the small planes when, when I was coming up. And... Uh, and and at that time is it's in the eighties, and you know I just got out of high school, nineteen eighty, and and it's CBs. Everybody had these CBs. Everybody had a they had nicknames, and so the guy, my boss, his name was Papa Charlie, and he and he and he was telling me, he said, "Man, you gotta you gotta get a you gotta get a name where we get you get in the CB club." Yeah, and, and I said, so, "Okay, so." 
I said, you know, real deal. <laughs> so, uh-huh. so, so they, so I was a real deal, Holyfield from Bright Light City, Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, it sounds so lyrical when you say it like that. It should be in a song. <laughs> I was talking. I said this. I said that's how that's how it took place. Then when I I got to when I got to Colorado Spring when I make an Olympic team, they kept on saying, "What's the deal, Holyfield?" Oh yeah. <laughs> so 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 they start calling. So I, I get the name Real Deal, and so so when 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 I was in Olympics. And I got disqualified, and they said, "Man, they gave the real deal. They they, they said they gave the real deal a raw deal." Oh so they, yeah. So they started calling me raw deal. I said, "No, no, no, no. I don't. I don't want that name raw deal." I said, I, "I'm the real deal." Yeah. Like this, and and so I just put it on my trunks, real deal, Holyfield, and it and and you know, and through my through my career, people realized that this guy's the real deal. Evander Holyfield there. And, uh, wow, I can't tell you how great it felt to speak to Evander, but it felt something like this. You get the idea. Okay, so we're going to move on now and speak to the British former UFC fighter, current MMA fighter, Luke Barnett, and he's going to give us an insight on his training regimes and what it takes to be a badass. Uh, Are we ready, Mick? What are we waiting for? Let's do it. On the podcast now, we have Luke Barnett, former UFC fighter and MMA fighter. How are you doing, Luke? I'm very good, mate. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Uh, Thanks for taking the time out to talk to me today. So, uh... Whereabouts are you now in your stage of your career? So you were in the UFC, uh, you're still out there kicking ass. Uh, what, what's the state of play? Uh, well, basically, I, um, I joined the UFC about four years ago. Uh, I was very young in the sport. I'd only been doing it for about two years, and I got to the UFC very quickly. Um, I had a three-year three reign there. I was there for three years. Uh, I had six fights within the organization all over the world. And then I left uh, the UFC in, uh, last year sometime. I can't remember exactly when. Um, since then, I've had three fights outside the UFC. I've won all three, all via finish. Um, and I'm now currently the uh, Venator middleweight champion, which is basically uh, the biggest promotion in Italy and one of the biggest promotions in Europe. Um, so I'm the champion over there. And I, I'm just, uh, you know, fight, fighting where I can find fights and doing what I can do. Brilliant. And... Uh... Is this all uh, the comeback journey to get back into the UFC, or are you, are you happy just to be out there kicking ass and seeing if anyone can topple you, basically? Um, I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, being with the UFC is a great uh, experience, and they are the uh, the pinnacle of the sport, so it's great to be there. Um, but right now, I'm, I'm concentrating on myself. I just recently got married, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get all of my affairs in order before I go back on that roller coaster, which they call the UFC. Um, you know, it's it's an extremely high compare, competitive nature that everyone is the best in the world. Um, you have to be 100% committed to the sport, which I am. But um, I've been doing that now for so long. I'm just taking a bit of a rest bite, you know, getting myself together. I've moved country. Um, like I said, I got married and I'm trying to get my life in order and then uh, look to hum back towards the UFC. So it, it is a goal of mine in the future. But right now, I'm, uh, I'm, you know, like you said, kicking ass, taking fights wherever I can. 
looking after my life and trying to I've got a new gym over in in Spain where I live in Malaga and I've started my own gym so I'm building that business and what putting effort and energy in towards that um, and then when I'm ready yeah I'm definitely look, looking to go back to the UFC yeah okay great um Luke, tell us a little bit about your routine, your training routine. Does it change from day to day? Does it start with a run? Uh, does it end with weights? How does it work for you? I mean, it's different. It's different uh, depending if I'm in camp or out of camp. Right now, I'm out of camp. Um, and obviously, my body takes a lot of damage uh, doing the sport that I do. If I do a camp, it normally lasts, you know, anywhere between 8 and 12 weeks, depending how how long I've got until the fight is coming up. Um, so it's very intense for, for three months. Uh, completely damaging my body, you know, pushing it to the limit every single day, um, which we'll talk about in a sec. But at the moment, I'm out of camp. So I like to train, you know, just once a day, um, keep myself fresh, motivated. I don't do any sparring, anything like that. I just concentrate on te- technical ability. Um, the weights are involved and running's involved, but I just do one one training a day to kind of give my body a bit of a rest. Um, mm. So that'll differ. Each day is a different sort of training. Um, so I'll usually do running or sprints twice a week or once a week out of camp. How often uh, do you run? I'm um, sorry. How far do you run? Um, for for fighting, it's not a it's not so much a long distance thing. It, that's like a thing of the past, um, especially for MMA. Maybe not for boxing, but for what I do, um, I, I do short distance, very short distance. The most I'll run uh, is five k, which I do very very rarely. Um, I'll do like. Normally, I do sprints. So I'll do like a 100-meter sprint. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll repeat that. So my sprint workout uh, would be a 100-meter sprint or an 80-meter sprint, and you time it. You take 10 seconds rest. You do another sprint. You time it. 10 seconds rest. You do another sprint. And you do that six times. So it's basically six reps. Then you take a minute uh, minute rest, and you do another set of six reps of sprints. Right. Okay. Um, so I'll do out of camp. I'll do four to six sets. And then in camp, I'll do eight to ten sets, um, like, continuously. Um, so it's a very, very, like I said, it's very intense, tough sprinting regime. Um, but that puts you in, like, peak cardio for, for the sport that I do. And every now and then, like, I, I well, recently, I, I was in Russia doing some commentary work. And I went for a 5K run because there's not really much else to do. But that's all I'll run. I'll run 5K and I won't do much more than that. So, look, how... How does it work? Do you kind of take tips from other fighters or other trainers on your workout? Or is it something you listen to your own body and go, well, I know I need to do this or I know I need to tweak that? Um, how does that work? I mean, where do you get your advice from for the training? I mean, it's a combination of things over the years and years of experience. Um, now, I definitely listen to my body more than I used to, um, depending on what I need to do. Uh, but yeah, I, I have advice from, from expert trainers, expert coaches, Will Wayland. Um, or William Wayland, um, who uh, is a strength and conditioning coach from England that I've worked with for many years. He's probably one of my portico guy I'll get in contact with if I have any questions. I, I'm, I, I'm always trying to improve my training and think of different things to do. Mm. And then when I find something I want to do, I'll always go to him and say, oh, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? Um, but when I have a camp come up and I'm training for 10 weeks, I'll definitely seek uh, professional advice in that area in my strength and conditioning. Um, because, you know, I, I don't have a degree in it or I, I'm not, you know, I've got a lot of experience doing it, but I like to get get advice in that area. When it comes to martial arts, that's just my teammates, my group, my coaches, you know, who, are, who but I've been doing it now for quite a long time. Um, I feel like I know myself the best I'm going to know and, and I try and work on different areas and then I have my coaches 
you know, come in and, and give me some words on what I need to work on. I've yeah. been working diligently on jujitsu um, for the last six months, like a lot of jujitsu, because I'm lucky enough to train with one of the best jujitsu coaches and, and fighters in Europe. So I train with him every day and I'm really trying to improve that area. Luke, um, I'm about five foot two. <laughs> yeah. and you're about seven foot two what how tall are you exactly six foot six six foot six okay so what advice would you give to short dudes that want to take you on for example what do you hate about the short guys i mean how how would i even approach you <clears throat> well the thing with, with short guys is that everyone has advantages it doesn't matter where, what sort of build you are or who you are like that's what's so interesting about fighting is you have to play to those advantages like you, you normally smaller people they're quick they're fast because they're, they're not as heavy you know they 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 will be once they get close to you they can utilize that a lot better like i'm i'm a like I said, i'm a giant so if you stay away from me i've got long arms long legs long limbs i can knee you punch you whatever um if you're small or shorter and you're you're in a confrontation it really is just you need to be like a bull and just come forward and, a bit like tyson did perhaps exactly like that i mean that's the best example i mean tyson was a beast but um if you're a small guy that's the way you want to fight you want to fight like that you want to move your head you want to get inside and you want to land bombs and uh you know that's the complete opposite to how i fight because you, you wouldn't know i'd be like a twig while going back and forth like tyson it wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah okay great well uh listen luke cheers for jumping on the podcast when's your next fight have you got one lined up well, I, I fought four weeks ago and I won in the second round knockout um, and I'm just taking a bit of time off now and I'm I'm probably not going to fight. I live in Spain, so the summer's here. It's my first year here, the first summer here. going to enjoy it, um, get myself a nice bronze tan and then I'm going to look to fight at the end of the year, November, December time um, because I've been, I've been... And then I'm going to be putting it up a gear and fighting probably once or twice uh Sorry, once every two months or th- well, once a month or once every two months and really trying to churn out some fights next year. Um, but yeah, right now I'm not fighting. I'm just enjoying myself and I'm looking forward to probably getting back in the cage in November. Cool, excellent. I look forward to that. Okay, if you want to follow Luke, um, the best place is on Twitter normally, isn't it, Luke? At Luke yeah, Twitter Barnett. or Instagram, at Luke Barnett. Yeah. Excellent, we'll catch you there. All right, cheers, Luke. Take care, Bye. mate. Thank you. Thanks, bye. Luke Barnett there. Okay, so that about wraps it up for another episode of the Menswear Style podcast. If you want to head over to the website, it's www.menswearstyle.co.uk. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, all that, it's at Menswear Style. Okay, so uh, that's it from me. I'll be speaking to you in a fortnight's time. Until then, uh, I'll see you later, Mick. Go away, go back to the docks where you belong. Okay. <laughs>